0: Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales, Tales from Outer, from Outer, Space, Outer Space. Space, taken from the subreddit hfy. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one: The Human Era, written by Spire again. The human ship had been taken, its corpses expelled into space, and then absorbed into the hull of the Savinian vessel, according to the usual trophy protocols. Now the crew of the Savinian vessel sought the human homeworld. The space going species were rare, and even rarer in the sector where the Savinians had achieved faster than night travel. Their viciousness had given them an advantage over the other species. And while the small human exploratory ship had put up an admirable fight for its size, it was quickly outmatched. The Savanian captain stood inside the remains of the human ship, just one of dozens of trophy ships that made a part of the larger vessel. And breathed in, he heightened his sensitivity, finding the remaining human scent delicious to its senses. But the captain sniffed. It heard something too a sort of soft breath. Go. The human turned, looking about, and every nerve on edge, every sense straining, but finding nothing. It gave the human passageway one last sense and began to leave, but then stopped, glancing back quickly. Was there something there? It strained its eyes and stepped down the passageway, but there was nothing. It finally left, slightly uneasy, a rare emotion for the aggressive Syvenian race. The Savanian day after the absorption of the human ship, reports had come in across the vessel. Something from the human ship had survived and made its way across the vessel, penetrating even the best sealed compartments. There were noises, near sightings of creatures, or creatures who somehow managed to evade every attempt to see them, much less capture them. No hostile actions, which were unseen enemy everywhere, and an alien feeling of dread of fear rose of the type the Severians enjoyed seeing in their prey, and so rarely about themselves. The Savanian command team met with the science crewmen and found what while they were truly Savanian sensors could hear and nearly see, and certainly sense the presence of something horrific, the invaders remained invisible to all scientific equipment. The Savanian captain, having had enough, mustered its spear and stalked into the center of the human ship, where its command center had once been. The captain snarled out in a collateral demand for the surviving creatures to show themselves and to submit to combat. That they would be found and destroyed if the entire ship had been taken apart at an atomic level. The captain stood, hearing voices echoing through the remains of the ship. Listening, peering, feeling as the air shifted to a sensitive hide as its anchor rose, waiting for a reply. Then... A cold, cold draught of air somehow blew through the perfectly controlled atmosphere of the Svenian vessel, and the captain shivered for the first time to the chill, and then in absolute horror. A human emerged from the shadows. Human, the captain thought at first, but not quite. It was somehow not sonned, there but not there—a human, but also something else, something worse. While the humans the captain had slain at close quarters were formidable, this one was nearly insubstantial, but as it advanced, the heretofore unknown feeling of absolute horror overwhelmed the captain, who longed to scramble away, but was locked in place by fear. Go no further. The creature howled at the captain, raising an accusing finger as it pointed, the flesh and the finger crumbled away leaving only bone. Then, to the captain's absolute panic, all the flesh from the human creature crumbled into a rotting heap on the deck, leaving a skeleton with terrible glowing eye sockets and advancing on the captain. A skeletal hand plunged into the captain's chest, passing unharmed except for the feeling of electrical interstellar cold, and finally, the captain found enough composure to scream, and it fled down the corridor until it found its own quarters where it collapsed, shrieking. Half a Svenian day later, the remains of the human ship were forcibly ejected from the larger vessel towards a gravity well, along with a fairly significant amount of the Sverian's own hull. So urgent was the chief officer's haste. The captain was told of this, but even so, he refused to leave its quarters for some time. As the Svenian vessel powered away, leaving the human wreckage alone in the void, all thought of finding the human homeworld abandoned. The fear that enveloped the crew had faded, with each passing star. But something still seemed to lurk in the vessel, something that could not be found or cleansed. And eventually, upon reaching their own space, the Savinians would hurtle their own vessel into a star to escape with gratitude. Several Syvenian star cycles later, the data captured from the human vessel and retained, with many misgivings would be analyzed, and the Syvenians would learn of the human tales of ghosts, and other concepts of the afterlife, unique to the humans. The Savenian scientists theorized and eventually proved to themselves that while ghosts remained largely undetected by humans or other species, to the Savenian's heightened senses, they were all too apparent. The ghosts, whatever they were, emotional imprints or actual remnants of the something of humans possessed that was immortal and unbound by flesh, was real and terrifying the Svenians never sought to discover the planet called Earth. Attacking the planet full of such creatures and unleashing billions of vengeance-seeking ghosts upon their own species was unthinkable. When the humans reached the stars in great numbers, they found the Svenians that so many other species had feared to be quite accommodating and highly unwilling to engage in any aggression, at least towards the humans. An odd partnership emerged with the human presence mellowing the formerly savage Svenians, However, even after many decades of relations, the humans could never understand the Savinian's attitude towards Halloween. End of story number one. Story number two. Shot at Dawn. Written by Windaddy. The sun had only just risen when they brought him out into the yard. I'd seen finest specimens of his speeches, though only on diplomatic missions, when we attacked the embassy. This would be a first that was executed. When he first brought in front of me, he remained silent, usually at this point the begging would begin now. I give you official notice of your execution shall be carried out this morning. I began formally, you shall be granted a few moments to calm yourself. I asked that you turn towards the view and kneel and feel your comfort, but the human made no effort to move and stood there facing me. I would rather stand and face you if that's fine, he said nonchalantly. What? But surely you would prefer the last sight of me comfortable, I said put out of place. If it's fine with you, he cut me off tersely, I would really prefer it this way. This demand confused me. No one in our species had ever requested that they stand facing the executioner. As it was unheard of, I was acquiesced. It was an execution, after all. I took the position by his side. It was the duty of the executioner not to fire before the time was correct. Are you without fear? I asked, and I could be the only answer. Are you really alive if you don't? Of course I'm scared. But bugger, if I let it show. Odd... Out of respect for your origin, I'll grant you a last request, I say. It was a custom I found during my research of the human execution process. I suppose a bulletproof vest is out of the question, he replied in a droll tone. It took me a moment to realize that he was not being serious. Humor. Strange, given the situation. Eventually, he gave a serious answer. When I was arrested, I had a packet of cigarettes with me. I had expected this. From my breast pocket, I pulled out a slightly crumpled packet, salvaged from the evidence locker. I also pulled out a matchbook and offered it to him. He took the packet greedily, stuffing the cigarettes into his mouth and lighting it expertly. The human had obviously been carrying it for some time. For a long time, there was silence as the man repeatedly took long inhales of the smoke. Eventually, though, he began to speak. You see, the human started between the puffs of smoke. In our species, if we can die standing and facing our killer, it's the final victory of sorts. How so? It shows that no matter if you kill us or not, you didn't beat us. We're still brave enough to stand and stare you straight in the eye as if you did the deed. I bowed my head at that. From what I knew of humans, they were a prideful race. They took great pride in their personal honor. I had seen many of their species diplomats take great offense to statements where no insult was intended merely because they felt their respect tarnished. Though, I still had one question to ask. I can understand your desire to remain upright, but why do you stare us in the eye? Surely, looking upon your killer's face is not the last sight you want to see. He smiled at me. Well, look at me in the eye when you shoot me, Adrian. Perhaps you might understand then. With that, he took a last puff of his cigarette before throwing the last tub on the floor and crushing it underfoot. Crappy cigarette anyway, he muttered. Let's get this done with. I walked from the side then, taking up my place fifteen units away. I couldn't miss it this distance. From my holster I took my pistol, formalically checking that the ammunition was loaded and the safety was off. On the human's body I found the my mark and the left side of his chest, one shot there and the strike his heart, causing a shockwave through his body and the fluids that caused immediate loss of consciousness. The damage from the bullet would cause death only a moment later. My eyes drifted to his face after that. I kept my promise. Then, I said the last words the human would ever hear, Under the light of Avratai, I state your crimes as murder, sabotage, and crimes against the citizens of Tananara. I hereby condemn you to die. My weapon discharged a bare second later. It hit him right where it was meant to. He was dead a moment later. I can still see his eyes five years later as I write this. They came in my dreams, boring into me like a parasite. As I reflect upon that day now, I believe that I understand his last words to me. Perhaps it's bravery that commands them to stand and face their executioner, but it is another thing that drives them to stare into their eyes. It's their final war. It's like their victory over me. I may have ended his life, but he cursed me to live with him until my final day. It is haunting to look and see the light fade from their eyes, the knowledge that you were responsible. I could not distance myself from my actions, as I could with the others whose faces I did not see. I could not say I ended their suffering. He was in fear, yes, but he was not suffering. I knew that as I saw that final, vindictive glare of his. My cell looks over the same yard where it happened. It used to be a viewing room, but with the massive amounts of prisoners that the humans arrested when they conquered the planet meant that more room had to be made. I watched the victors take their prisoners into the yard, political leaders, generals, war criminals, and the like. I saw as they were given a choice to stand or kneel the way, most at the same, needing as they desperately tried to avoid their fate by begging for their lives. I could hear the not-so-quiet mutters of the guards as they looked on with what seemed to be pity and disgust. Didn't matter how much they begged, the outcome was the same. My turn would soon come. My trial was months ago. I was found guilty of murder, for in the final days of the war, it was my order that sent four human prisoners to their deaths, only a week from the conflict. For that crime, I was sentenced to the same fate. I do not regret what I have done. It is in the past now, and I am sure the first human thought the same thing in these final hours. Thoughts of him come constantly now until the end. He is my companion. He is still haunting me. He haunts others as well. Sometimes in the yard, hushed groups of humans come. They mill around the same spot, asking the same question. Is this where it happened? Is this where they died? They would stand there for a while in solemn vigil for those who died honorably before moving away once more. The human was right. There was an honor in bravery. I think when I go, I shall take my executioner up from their offer. I'll stand as he stood and look them in the eye as they pulled the trigger. I hope that I can be as brave as that human was. End of story number two. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author on the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.